This week, we're looking at things Jabez did that helped him break through the limitations in his life. This message is the sixth in the series, I Will Not Settle. The message is entitled, Lifting Your Limits. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. And grab our Bibles together. You can turn to the Old Testament book of First Chronicles, chapter 4, First Chronicles, chapter 4, as we continue our series together entitled, I Will Not Settle. I want to talk to you this weekend about lifting the limits in your life, lifting the limits in your life. Life does not always seem fair. Sometimes we all face uh, various disadvantages and challenges as a part of our life journey, and sometimes life just simply doesn't go the way that we want it to, or we feel like we've been dealt a bad uh, hand of cards at times as we think of it in just life and circumstances that we face. And everybody faces this, and as you go through life, you have to learn how to handle the disadvantages, how to handle the times when you feel like life has not treated you fairly, or somehow life is not going the way you want it to go. Just times you may feel like, in fact, that your life has been a bit cursed. And I want to take you to the story of a gentleman in the Bible that really helps us to see how to handle these times of life the best way. Because if you're going to have the more life that God wants you to have, you have to learn how to handle the down times of life. If you don't handle them well, then you're going to get stuck in less rather than more. And so God didn't make you for less, he made you for more. And so you have to learn how to move beyond the, the disadvantages, the challenges that all of us face from time to time. The story is found in First Chronicles chapter 4, beginning in verse number 9. I'll read verses 9 and 10. And I'm reading from the New International Version. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. This passage introduces us to a man, we don't know his age, but a young man most likely by the name of Jabez. His story is a very exciting story. He's a, he's a story. It's a story of a man who actually found himself rising above the limits in his life. And we're going to look at three things from the life of Jabez that I believe will help you to learn how to move beyond the less life to a more life. God did not make you for less. He made you for more. Don't settle for less when God has more for you. The first thing you must learn from this passage is all of us do is to recognize what's limiting your life. That's where we start start with Jabez, a recognition of the things that are limiting your life currently. The story that I just read for you is take, takes place in the book of First Chronicles, as we just read, and First Chronicles and Second Chronicles are simply that, a chronology of the history of Israel. It describes for us the events, the various tribes and the people that were part of the different tribes of Israel. It was a record, if you will, that was kept in the temple of those that were part of the family of God, a part of Israel's history. And one of the 12 tribes that's recorded there in the book, books of First and Second Chronicles, the stories are told of them, is the tribe of Judah. And most of us are familiar with the tribe of Judah. It's the, it's the tribe of leadership. It's the tribe uh, from which King David comes. It's the tribe from which our Messiah Jesus comes. And so the tribe of Judah is a significant tribe. And as there is an unfolding of the tribe of Judah and the lineage of King David, 
there's an interesting two little verses that pop into the scenario. Again, all this history, the begots, who begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so, and then boom, all of a sudden are these two verses, 9 and 10, that describe one particular man. It's though uh, God was looking across the broad breadth of humanity in Israel at that time and then zeroes in the spotlight to one particular person by the name of Jabez and describes something about his birth. Notice again verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Evidently, uh, from what we see here, the birth of Jabez had been a very traumatic event for his mom. We don't know why it was traumatic. It perhaps had been a very difficult labor and delivery, just from a physical standpoint. Or perhaps it had been an emotional environment. Maybe things were going on in her life that just made it a very tough time in her life. But for whatever reason, this was a moment that she looked back on and said, this was very, very difficult. And so what she did in the giving birth to Jabez, because of the pain she was experiencing, she actually named him in the context of her own circumstance. She named him what she was experiencing. And that's what the name Jabez means. The name Jabez means he causes pain, or perhaps better translated, he is a pain. Now think about that. That your mom gives you the name, he is a pain. And every time your name is called, Jabez, you're called to dinner, hey, you guy that's a pain, come have some dinner. All of his friends are calling him, you're a pain. And so it's as though this young man has already been cursed from the get-go and cursed nonetheless by his mother. And so the name that's been placed upon him is a label that he will potentially carry with him for the rest of his life, along with the implications that go with that label. I don't have time this morning to talk about the psychological impacts of labeling upon people, but all of us know what it does when someone places a label upon you and you carry that in your soul, the pain, the agony that happens when someone labels you in a way that is unfair or curses you in some way. This is exactly what mommy did to little baby boy Jabez, gave him the name, you are a pain. In addition, what you must understand is that in the Old Testament, when you gave names to children in the Old Testament, you were also doing so prophetically. You were prophetically declaring what their life would be. And so in essence, she said, all of your life, you're going to cause pain because you caused me pain. I'm now placing upon you the burden for the rest of your life. Everywhere you go, you're going to be a curse. Everywhere you go, you will be a jinx. Everywhere you go, you will create pain. In addition to this, he was also surrounded by a bunch of brothers who were not very nice either. The Bible refers to them as dishonorable. The way that we know that is because the Bible says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, which means they were a lousy lot of guys. They were not good to be around. So you've got the family dynamics of a mother that doesn't like you very much, brothers who are dishonorable. And let me add one additional thing. There is no record in Scripture at all of Jabez's father. We know nothing about him. And so perhaps his dad disappeared from the scene. We have no clue where this, where this man was in Jabez's life. We only know about his mom. So perhaps his dad abandoned the family. And in abandoning the family, abandoned their inheritance as well. But what I want you to see is that the entire story of what we're going to see unfold here for Jabez started with Jabez recognizing something. He recognized that he had something in his life that was limiting him, that he did not want to define him for the rest of his life. There was something that was holding him back, and what was holding him back was the label on his life and the consequences that came from that label. What I want to ask you today 
as you think about the more that God has for you. And as we've been talking about in this series, don't settle for less. God made you for for more. Don't settle for less. God made you for more. And so what is causing you to settle for less? What are the, if you will, the disadvantages? What are the things in your life that you say, you know, when I look at my life, I really want more, but, but pastor, you don't understand what I've gone through. You don't know, you don't understand this portion of my life. You don't understand this curse that I'm living with, this disadvantage that I feel. What is it in your life? Because you can't deal with it until you're able to name it. One of the most significant things in life is to learn how to name your problems because until you name them you cannot solve them it's only in naming problems that you're then able to solve problems so we start in the story with a recognition Jabez said I've got a problem in my life I know God has more for me but I've got a limit right now the limit is my name I've been cursed what is the limitation in your life number two don't let your limitations define you I referenced that a moment ago, but I want you to write down that word define. Don't let your limitations define you. The natural instincts when we have limits in our life or things that we feel disadvantaged regarding in some way is to begin to let those create our identity. They begin to define who we are. and Oftentimes they cause us to, to withdraw and to resign and to commiserate over the lot that we've been dealt in life. And so that could have very easily been what Jabez did. He had a lot to complain about, didn't he? If your mommy names you, you're a pain, you've got some things to complain about. And so he could have very well commiserated. He could have pulled back into his world and said, boy, there's really no hope for me. I'm never going to be any different. I'll walk through my entire life this way. But instead of doing that, he did not let that limitation define him. Notice verses 9 and 10 again. Jabez was more honorable. It's a very important statement there on your notes. He was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. This is an amazing portrait of an amazing young man. He did something that actually very few people ever do. He dealt with his limitation in a very godly, honorable way. The Bible says that he was more honorable. That word honorable in the Hebrew language means to be noble. Actually, the real meaning of the word, the essence of the root word for honorable means that you are one that prevails or you are one that will be an overcomer. That you're, you're one that will not let, you, let life keep you down or circumstances keep you down. There was something inside of Jabez that said, this has been pressed upon me by life circumstances, but this is not going to define me. This has been pressed upon me by a parent that did not seem to love me, but this is not going to define me. This is not going to be the rest of my life. I will overcome. I will prevail against this. He demonstrated honorable actions. His prayer toward God was an action of honor, and that action of honor was based in a set of beliefs. What you believe determines what you do. Your beliefs affect your behavior. How do you know what someone really believes? You know what someone believes by watching what they do. Their actions always prove what their beliefs are. Your words 
may be a confession of what you say you believe, but your actions really do define what you believe, how you live your life. And so Jabez showed what was in his heart by the fact that he reached out to God to prevail against this disadvantage that he faced in his life. And he had some faith, he had some beliefs on the inside. I want you to look with me at three things that Jabez believed. This is what caused him to pray the prayer that he prayed. And Why don't we read these three together at all of our campuses? They're right there on your notes. First of all, Jabez believed, read together with me, that past curses should not determine future destiny. You want to write a little amen beside that on your notes? That your past curses should not determine your future destiny. The second thing that he believed, read with me, that God could change curses into blessings. Do you believe that God can change curses into blessings? We're going to see in the story as we, as, as we read a moment ago, He does so. And then number three together, God would change curses into blessings. I would submit to you today that Jabez would never have prayed the prayer he prayed unless those three things were real confident points inside of him. He actually believed that past curses does not, do not need to, to define future destiny. He believed that God could change curses into blessings, and he believed not only that God could, but he believed that God would. So he prays a prayer, an amazing prayer, that I want you to become very familiar with. Not just as a liturgy that you would speak, but as a genuine prayer that you would pray in your life. Let me read it for you again. Here is his prayer coming out of this belief that we've just described. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. It's interesting that in this prayer, there's one word that we, we often de-emphasize that is highly emphasized in this verse. And that word is me. Did you notice how many times me is in that past, that verse? Look, oh, that you would bless me enlarge again it's not me but my same personal pronoun let your hand be with me keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain and God granted his request Jabez understood something that you and I need to understand as well you can't help somebody else until your life is together you can't be a benefit to someone else until you're whole. You can't be a healing agent to another person unless healing has happened in your life. You can't give unless you have something to give. You can't impart unless there's been something imparted to you. And so Jabez acknowledged the deficit in his own life and said, God, I want to be used by you. I want to do something with my life that matters, but, but I'm operating on an empty tank, God. There's not anything in me to give right now. So God, just, just bear with me for a moment. I need you to pay some attention to me. And there are times in life when it's absolutely appropriate for us to Go to God and say, God, you know, I, I really do want to be used by you and I really do want to make a difference with my life. But right now where I'm at, God, I need you to pay some attention to me. I need some help so that I can move beyond my issues. And so he reaches out to God. His prayer was fervent. His prayer was intense. And his prayer contained four very specific requests. 
I'm going to take the time to walk you through these four requests because these are each, of the, each of these are very important. And by the way, I'll say this just as a side note. There's hardly a week that goes by that I personally don't pray this prayer. And I would submit to you, encourage you to make it a part of your prayer life as well. I cannot think of a time in recent years that at least once a week I've not prayed this prayer or something similar to it because I believe that this prayer will make a difference in your life. You ought to pray the prayer of Jabez. And the prayer starts with, oh, that you would bless me. God, I'm asking that you would bless me. Now on the surface, does that sound a little selfish? Well, it might if you think about it from the wrong perspective. But as I mentioned a moment ago, you can't be a blessing until you're blessed. You can't be a blessing until you're blessed. That's why God wants to bless you. That's why God wants to, if you will, bring a certain dimension of proper prosperity in your life. He wants to make you so that you have something to impart to the people around you. And so Jabez stops for a moment and says, God, I, I need you to bless me. The word blessed in the Hebrew word there, the word for bless, is a word that means to, to bow the knee. That's the idea. It's, it's a blessing. Oftentimes you'll think of someone that reaches down to bow their knee to bless someone. Someone. That's the idea that God, I'm asking you to bend toward me. I'm asking you to reach down into my world, to reach down into my life and to place favor or blessing upon me. I will tell you, dear ones, that the favor of God can do far more for you than you will ever do for yourself. The favor of God can take you to places that you could never go yourself. The favor of God will open doors for you that you could never open for yourself. The favor of God will bring avenues into your life and rivers of blessing into your life that you could never accomplish on your own. And so Jabez realized, I need more than me. I can't get myself out of this, God. I can't reverse this curse. God, I'm praying that you would bless me. Again, there's nothing wrong with us praying prayers like that as long as we'll see in a moment our motives are where they need to be, that we have the right motives. So we start with the prayer of blessing. The second prayer that he prayed is that, oh, that you would enlarge my territory. God, bless me and enlarge me. Say those two phrases with me. God, bless me and God, enlarge me. Now, when he used the word enlarge, he said enlarge my territory, okay? Uh, the territory most likely referred to the inheritance for, he, that, for what he would receive because this is a whole sequence of events of where different tribes and members of tribes received their particular inheritance. And so he's asking for the inheritance that perhaps had been squandered by his dad, the restoration of inheritance. He's saying, Lord, enlarge the territory, all that you've planned for me and for my family. I'm asking you to make my life as big as you want my life to be. You know, most of the time we spend our energies becoming smaller than God wanted us to be rather than enlarging into the person God wants us to be. We let fear pull us into our little world and anxieties and fears restrict us and limit us and pull us back into a little tight little world. And Jabez says, I don't want to live in that tight little world of fear, that tight little world of my own comfort, that tight little world that has been dealt to be by a mom that's cursed me and a dad that has rejected me and abandoned me. I don't want that to define my world, God. I believe that your boundaries are bigger for me than I could have ever imagined. And I want you to know today that God has some extension of your boundaries for you. That there's a territory that you've yet to take yet. There's more of the promised land that God has in store for you. But it happens when you realize, I will not settle for less. God made me for 
more. I want the largest dimension of everything God has in store for my life. The third prayer that he prayed was let your hand be with me. So bless me, enlarge me, and let your hand be with me. When the scripture speaks of the hand of the Lord, it, 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 there's various ways in which the Bible refers to God's hand and what that's about. Let me just mention a few of them for you so you'll have a perspective of what uh, Jabez was praying here. The hand of the Lord means the strength of God. You think about maybe something that you're trying, maybe you've, uh, uh, I know just the analogy that comes to mind is from time to time, my, my wife will have a jar at home that she's trying, struggling to open, and she can't open it. She'll say, honey, come here, I need you to open this, open this jar for me. And of course, I show up with my major muscles, and I take care of the situation, right, okay? And there's a hand that steps into the situation that is more powerful, Okay. The same is true with God, that there's only so much your hand can do, okay? But when God steps in, He can open up the jars you can't open, right? He can do things for you that, that you can't do. So that's the strength of God. The hand of God is also referenced in Scripture as a guiding factor. He guided me with His hand. He, he directed my life. And so Jabez is saying, God, I need your strength, your hand to step into my world and do for me in your power what only you can do and guide me and direct me and then protect me along my journey. He, he understood that the hand of the Lord upon his life was what would provide him real success and prosperity to accomplish all that God had for him. And so notice these three prayers. God, I'm praying that you would bless me. God, I'm praying, second of all, that you would enlarge me. God, I'm praying, thirdly, that your hand would be with me. God, let your hand of strength and, di and direction and power and, and protection be upon me. And then the final prayer that he prayed was, God, I'm praying that you would keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. God, I'm asking you to keep me away from anything that would harm my life, that would be destructive to my life. Don't let me get into the things that are going to make my life smaller rather than larger and destroy my life in some way. You know that you can destroy your own life if you're not careful. You can step into things that will harm you. That's why Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation. Keep us away from those things that will harm us, God, and I want to be free from pain. Interesting, it's sort of a play on words. He said, I don't want to Jabez anybody. I've been Jabez, I don't want to Jabez anybody. My mom Jabez me, she called me a pain, but God, I'm praying that in my life I would never be the same kind of person to someone else in the way that I've been treated. See, I'll tell you something about pain in your life. If you're not careful, you'll pass your pain on to others. That's what Jabez's mom did to him. She took her pain and passed it on to Jabez, didn't she? Right? She was in pain, so she named him pain. And Jabez says, I want to break this cycle, and I want to break it now. I don't want to pass on the pain in my soul to somebody else. It's going to stop with me. And I would challenge you, whatever pain you've gone through in your life, let it stop with you. Let it stop with God bringing healing and restoration to your life. Oh, God, keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And the Bible says that God granted his request. Number three, the third thing. Believe that your breakthrough is possible. I just read those, those words to you, five words at the end of verse number 10. And God granted his request. 
God granted his request. This is a story of the transforming power of prayer, that, that prayer actually changed a man's life and changed his destiny and changed his future. Jabez's life was never the same after this. God changed his direction. And by the way, I want you to know today that if God did it for Jabez, he will do it for you, okay? It may look different in your life. It may come in different ways in your life. But just as, why did God, in all this genealogy and chronology, why did God pull out two little verses and drop in the book of 1 Chronicles, which often is a very dry book, again, of genealogies? Why did God take one little guy and drop him in the midst of this book and draw our attention to two verses to tell us his story? Because he wanted us to know the story. He wants you to know that just like he did this for Jabez, he can do it for you. But for this to happen, I want to conclude with four things you've got to do. Okay, Four things that are necessary. If you're going to move from the less life to the more life, not settle for less. God made you for more. Jabez says, I'm not settling for less. God made me for more. Four things that are essential. And they're on your notes. And I'm going to ask you to circle some words as we go through. Number one, confront resentment. Circle that word. And resignation. You'll never get past your limitations if you're spending your time resenting and resentment toward those things that have happened in your life that you feel have cursed you in some way. Jabez could very easily have been angry at his mom and cursed her and been resentful toward her and look at what you did to my life and all this kind of stuff. And by the way, if he'd lived that way, he would have never been blessed. He would have never had the end of the story that he had. But he got beyond his resentment. For some of you here today, maybe that's where you are. You're looking back on some things that have happened in your life and they were painful, they were difficult, feel like they marked your life in a very negative way and maybe you feel very resentful about that. And I'm not saying that there's not reason to feel resentment because resentment comes when you've been mistreated or, or, or hurt or abused in some way, but the, but the resentment is doing you no good. The resentment doesn't do you any good. Actually, resentment is harmful to you. And the reason that God tells us to forgive is because forgiveness is good for us. It actually helps us to move on. You don't move on until you forgive. And so it has to be a point to say, I'm not going to hold on to this any longer. I, I'm going to forgive. Jabez evidently had to forgive his mom for placing that label on him or he would have never been blessed. And then you move also beyond resignation, resentment and resignation. Resignation says, this is the way it is, the way it's always been. I guess it's the way it always will be. I'm just going to give in to it. Don't you give in to it. Don't give in to those things that God never designed to be a part of your life. Don't let the resignation find place in your soul. That's where most battles are lost right there. Resentment and resignation. Most of the battles are never pressed past to win because people will not deal with their resentments and they will not deal with their sense of resignation. Number two, cultivate your faith. We talked about it a moment ago, but, but uh, Jabez had faith in his heart. He had an honorable view of God, and because he had an honorable view of God, he acted on the honor he had toward God by going to him in faith. And the road to overcoming any curse in your life is paved with faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith says, I believe that if God did it for him, he will do it for me. I believe that God is as good as his word. I believe that God has promised me a future and a hope. Do you believe that today? Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says that God has promised you a future and a hope. And so faith says, God, I don't know exactly what that future is, but I know that you've promised me a future. 
You've promised me a hope, and I believe that you're going to help me get there. I'm not going to resent. I'm not going to resign. I'm going to possess the spirit of faith. Number three, be consistent, persistent, and patient in your prayers. This passage, when you read it, and by the way, be careful anytime you read Scripture, because oftentimes in Scripture, the whole story is not there, okay? In other words, you might read something, it might seem like it like happened, you read this, and boom, it happened the next moment. Many times there are years in between verse 9 and verse 10, okay? We don't know how long it was between verse 9 and verse 10 when he prayed the prayer and, and God responded. We don't, we don't have a clue, but I, I'm fairly sure that, that it was not just one little prayer that Jabez prayed. I believe it re- represents an orientation of his life. And I will say that in my journey with God and continues to be in my journey with God, most of the prayers that I have answered aren't answered the first time I pray them. They're answered with me pressing in and staying with it and staying on my knees about something over a persistent period of time and just pressing in to say, I'm not going to give up until there's a resolution. And so you may not get the answer. It's not like you're going to go home this afternoon and, and get down and say, oh God, bless me. Oh God, enlarge my territory. Oh God, let your hand be upon me. And oh God, keep me from harm that I will be free from pain. Everything changes. No, most likely it may happen. God certainly can do that. But generally what happens is God uses a process. And you go back tomorrow and you pray that prayer again. You go back Tuesday and you pray that prayer again. You go back Wednesday and you might do that for a year. You might do it for a couple of years. You might do it for five years. You might do it for a decade. But little by little that God's doing something in you. And that prayer is producing. So it's not because remember prayer is about not about getting an answer from God. It's about building a relationship with God. And as you're building that relationship with Him over time, He's working in you to accomplish the things that we are praying about. And then the last Last thing I'll mention here and we'll be done today is to keep the right motives. The reason that Jabez could pray the my prayer, the me prayer, was because at the end of the me and my prayer was they, them prayers. That is, he wanted to be blessed so he could be a blessing. He wanted to be blessed because he wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to, he wanted to have his life meaningful so that it was not just about him, so that other people could be blessed through him. And we learned, in fact, from what we can tell in Scripture, that Jabez's prayer not only was answered, but it not only affected him, but it affected other people. Because First Chronicles chapter 2, verse 55 says this, And the clans of the scribes who lived at... Is that on the screen there? Where did they live at? So eventually there became a city by the name of Jabez. And that's as far as we can tell. I can't promise you this for sure because I didn't live back then. I might look like I did, but I didn't, okay? I didn't live back then. But as I've studied this from scholars, I will tell you that many people believe that that city was formed by a man named Jabez, and if God takes you out of pain and then gives you a city where the scribes of Israel hang out, I call that an answer to prayer. How about you? Amen? Okay? And you never know where your life is going to end up when you make the decision to say, I will not settle for less. God made me for more. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. We're so grateful that you've spoken to us. We ask you'll take this message and really help us to live it out. Lord, I pray that uh, any of us that are battling with the resentment toward things in our past, or maybe for some of us, just a spirit of resignation, 
just kind of want to give up and just sort of let things be as they are. I pray that today you would let there come the, the grace to forgive, to move forward, the desire to say, I'm going to be an overcomer. I'm not going to let these things define my life. And Lord, today we declare to you, we, we don't want to settle for less. We know that you made us for more. Let us experience the Jabez life, I pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash new beginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.